Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of ABG Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American women. My name is Helen. I'm Janet. And I'm Mel. So in season one, episode seven and three, we talked about Asian beauty standards and the pressures we feel as Asian-American women, having fair skin, long dark hair, and to be thin. And also we had episode three talking about wax on, wax off, and grooming down there. Ouch. (laughs) We've since received a lot of feedback and comments from a lot of actually younger girls that see us as their older sisters, which I think is a really cool term to be given. That was a consistent comment that we've received back, so thank you for that. So specific topics that a lot of people ask for is on hairstyles and also skincare, which for us has changed, you know, throughout our 20s. And now that we're Janet and I, Janet, oh, I turned 30. I don't know if that <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, Miss the bridge. <laughs> cross the bridge, guys. I'm in my 30s now. But yeah, skincare does matter a lot more now yeah, in this yeah. month. <laughs> <laughs> So let's start off by talking about Asian beauty products, which has actually become like a huge thing in, I feel like the past few years, especially maybe with social media, Yes, that it's been spreading a lot. There are these like 10 step routines that a lot of people do. Um, I didn't know about any of this when I was in my 20s. I think I put on like, I don't know, Aveeno was super expensive from CVS and I would get that and be like, ooh, I'm taking care of my skin. Or Olay. Or Olay. Olay is good. Olay smells really good. Is that what you use, Mel? I I use I use anything my mom gives me. <laughs> I still don't honestly. I still don't know the ten ten step process for skin. So you guys are gonna educate me on this episode. So let's go through let's go through our skincare routine. Okay. Mel, what do you do? Do you just slather on your mom's lotion? <laughs> so okay, so I always wash my face at night when I shower, and then I always put on moisturizer, and and I do the same thing in the morning. And that's but you also it. face mask. To be honest, I think face mask for me, it's more like a, like, when you eat chips when you watch TV, it's just like another little, like, side activity for fun. But how, but how frequently <laughs> do you use face masks? 
So like once a week? Once a month. Once a month. Yeah. Okay. I don't, it's not a routine for me. It's more like, gotcha. oh my God, I, I feel like I want to take my lounging to a next level and then face mask is the way I do it. Uh, I see, I see. Like, so I it's, it's less a part of your face care routine as it is a part of your like chilling out and relaxing. Exactly. But I guess one, one thing I do use face mask for, it's when it gets really, really dry, it does help me right. give me extra moisture, yeah, but yeah. that's about it. I think a lot of people actually put on face masks when they're on like on an airplane. Yeah, that's the best. Okay, because so you dry out a lot on the yeah. airplane. Yeah. But I noticed because I follow some like you know beauty vloggers. Yeah. They only do it when they're sitting in first class because that's you're oh. sitting. Because you have your own little like <laughs> cubicle. Like, no one's gonna see you if you're, you're in economy. All these people, and you're like, I'm just gonna whip out this thing and put it. <laughs> or you put it on. You just like face the window. You have a window seat the whole time. <laughs> but then you have to use the restroom. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> but I think for face masks, it's like. From a lounging perspective, it's it's really fun, but it does prevent you from eating. <laughs> or snacking, it's hard. I, I can just imagine you like sticking one hot, hot Cheeto into your mouth, yeah, like in the little hole. <laughs> and then you miss and it's just like on your face, like oops. I mean, that definitely has happened. <laughs> but for you ladies, you guys, is face mask part of your like, you know, your 10 step skin routine? Because I don't know. I don't have 10 steps, uh, probably more like three or four, but I would have to say, so that's more recent. Like in my twenties, I would sleep in my makeup. I would sometimes wash my face, sometimes not really bad. Don't recommend. So what do you use? So I think part of, I've looked this up on Google. Mm -hmm. The first part of the 10 step process is makeup remover and oil cleanser. Do you do that? I do not use an oil cleanser, although I have heard, I read recently that's become like a really um, hot trend to use like natural oils to remove the makeup. Um, I do use face oil that I've discovered, like very basic vitamin E oil from Trader Joe's, but more as a moisturizer. Do you do that after you cleanse your face? Yeah. So first step is cleansing or first step is removing the makeup. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes if I get lazy, I just combine that with the cleansing and I'll just use the cleanser yeah, and yeah, remove yeah. it all. Mm-hmm. But now there's like, have you guys heard of? Uh, I think like Garnier and L'Oreal both have these like the cleansing water. So you take it, and mm-hmm. I'll do one round to remove all the makeup, and the second round to clean my face. Okay. So it's just like a it's water. So you use that. You use that for both steps. The water yes. Thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do one round with one cotton to remove the makeup, and then the second round to like hydrate and moisturize. And then I might also just put a little bit of water to rinse it off and then dry. Mm-hmm. So I think actually you do do the right thing. So there's this like whole double cleansing thing where oh. you use. Oh, I guess you don't use oil cleanser. You're supposed to use oil cleanser and then a water-based cleanser to take off all of the, the oil. Re- residue and impurities from the oil. So that's what you're supposed to do. Oh my. <laughs> Wait, I I already feel like I already like I combined oh. both maker removing and cleansing in one. And oh. usually they're supposed to be separate. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Because I you want to take off the makeup and then you do the cleaning and then clean up. Yeah, is that what you do? Helen? I so I actually don't use a makeup remover. I have this um I got it from Amazon. So when I first moved to LA from Boston, my face broke out like cystic acne, like it was disgusting and terrible in climate yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i'm not sure what it is in the air maybe it's also a little more polluted over here yeah a little into the sun right now actually <laughs> so i got like a, an acne cleanser from amazon and that helped a lot but i noticed that it also took away my makeup mm-hmm. so i would oh, use so that nice. and also an exfoliator so i use a clarisonic every night to Ooh, sort my of, friend uses that yeah Dang, take really? out all the take out all the Clarisonic is really good because it gets into the nitty gritty. Like I noticed my friend when she started using it, her pores looked tighter. Dang, how close are you to her face to see her pores? (laughs) How big are her pores? Is it a girl or a guy? (laughs) I've also found something that you guys, you both have to buy and everyone else. (laughs) I'm like advertising this right now. It's called, um, it's called Cure Gel. 
And it's like the number one selling exfoliator in Japan. I think they sell like a bottle every 12 seconds or something like that. But you put it on your face on dry skin and you actually feel dead skin coming off. Oh, I feel like I've seen a video for this or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's actually just like the gel formula that's like rolling up into little balls. But I think it's my skin because afterwards it's like a baby's butt on your face. (laughs) Really? That sounds nice. I mean, you know. (laughs) Wait, so Helen, you said you you use your acne wash to remove your makeup and cleanse your face? Yeah. Because she found that it also removed the makeup. So one less step you have to do. Right. Wait, but don't, because I... I'm looking at Helen right now. Uh, you also have eyelash extensions. Don't right. you use a, like oil-free remover to remove yeah, your eyeshadow? Yeah, what are your tips on removing makeup with eyelash extensions? I'm sure this is probably a common thing for a lot of women mm-hmm. now since that's become, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you care for So, them? yeah, I can't take my Clarisonic and like rub it all over my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Shave off your lashes. <laughs> so I have to use that and put it like around my eye area. Mm-hmm. I usually do that in the shower. And then after I come out, I have a toner that sort of acts like a, another layer of cleansing. Yes. And I'll use that toner on just a cotton pad, and I'll put it all around my face, and then also around my eyes, and that's when I get the eye makeup on. Oh, got it. Oh, yeah. use the toner to remove. Yeah. Actually, for, that is the second step. Before the wrinkle cream, I use toner. toner. And I found a really good... Because you know there's like alcohol-based ones and non-alcohol? Mm-hmm. So the alcohol ones tend to dry out your skin yeah. more. Yep. So I found this like, it's like a rose water or something. Okay, so the toner, it's Thayer's Witch Hazel, and the rose petal smells really good. Mm, yeah. Okay. I use the Sun and Park toner. Sun. That one's good. Dang. I use, I don't know what it is. My mom gave it to me as a sample. <laughs> but I think for me, like, I, I know, like, what a toner kind of is, but it's more like, what is the purpose of these products? Right. Yeah. So after you wash your skin, your mm-hmm. skin is, like, dry, right? Mm-hmm. You need a toner to sort of, like, rehydrate your skin. So that think of it as like a sponge, right? If it's a dry sponge, if your face is a dry sponge, it's, it's not going to absorb. absorb as much yeah. water. But if it's like a wet sponge, then it's going to absorb all of the lotions. Oh, that's a very good analogy or way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So after toner, you guys, do you guys have anything else? Do you guys do after that? Jana, do you use essence? I don't. I don't know what is essence. So I think essence is kind of like a toner and a serum hybrid. So it aids in skin repair and cell turnover. So it's skin regeneration to give you like a brighter face. <laughs> it also targets your wrinkles and fine lines and dull and uneven skin tones. Oh, so maybe I should be using essence and not wrinkle cream. Maybe you should both, <laughs> like you know, double protection. Wait, time out. So do you use essence? I do. Um, do you know why you use it? <laughs> now I do. <laughs> But there's one from SK2 that's really good. Essence is also super expensive. It's though. so expensive. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, I think it's the one that's like, or anything that's called a serum, you know, it's going to be like yeah. high potent and very messy. Yeah. SK2 is known for their essence though. Mm-hmm. I think that's, was that with you when we bought it in Taiwan or? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I bought it for my sister too. Yeah. But it has, I, I don't know if it's because of my Amazon acne face wash or it's because of this extra like essence on top of toner and everything that mm-hmm. my face did clear up. Oh, nice. Honestly, looking at the 10-step process, there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So let's go through the rest of them real quick. Okay. So so after Essence, it looks like you're supposed to put on other treatments that target what you're trying to fix on your face, whether it be like acne or wrinkles. So this is maybe where your This is where my wrinkle, wrinkle cream comes in. <laughs> and then afterwards, sheet masks, so face masks. Um, and then eye cream, moisturizer, and sun protection, which ugh, I actually. Oh my never god! This use. is a this is a process you do in the morning. That's okay. I thought I was saying. I was like, I pick and choose when I want oh, to. Oh no! Use my morning process is 
face wash and usually with water because you don't want to get too abrasive right if you Mm -hmm. use like some cleaner at night and then use it again in the morning when all you've been doing is like sleeping in bed it could be abrasive to your skin Mm -hmm. so I usually just use water and then I use the toner again Mm -hmm. and then I use moisturizer but I have been more um, aware of sunblock yeah Mm -hmm. because a lot of us like if you get moisturizers they have SPF in it Mm -hmm. but it's only 15 and ideally you should get a 60 oh on your face yeah on it for a daily wear. I think especially for Asian women, our skin is more susceptible to sunspots is what someone told me when I went for a facial randomly for like the second time in my life. So, <laughs> That's true actually. Um, but the thing about like sunblock that you have to be careful is I feel like a lot of them that are higher powered smell really bad. Or it's like super oily. <laughs> and they're, ch- yeah. Yeah, they're either oily or they're chalky. Yeah. So I think Shiseido makes a really good one. I was trying to like, I was trying to explore another brand, but... Um, yeah, it, it smelled weird. I found one called... Hold on, I need to look this up. I think it's like Biore... Oh, yeah, Biore UV. Found it in Japan. It's a blue bottle. That one's really good. Like, it, it goes on your skin and just feels like it absorbs and completely goes away. It's oh, not oily so nice. afterwards. Another popular thing is um, there's powder. It's like translucent oh, powder yeah, SPF. Yeah, I've seen that. Oh. Yeah. I think Sephora has some, but I haven't, I haven't bought it. But a few years ago, it was really popular. Hmm. So it's another option. Cool. So it sounds like we're all somewhat terrible at taking care of our skin <laughs> we're learning we're learning we're learning so oh wait the eye cream the eye too. cream though i do oh, yes. so for ladies the moment you start wearing eye makeup usually is when you should start using some sort of eye cream mm-hmm. most of us probably don't do that i did not i just started using eye cream like three months ago but it is like the skin around your eyes is the most thin and sensitive right. mm. and anything like once that wrinkles it i think other parts of your skin it's easier to revitalize but once that wrinkles it's hard to get back although I would I actually kind of feel like I used to say when I was younger um that I wanted to embrace aging like gracefully like I feel like lines could be you know it's like a sign of like wisdom and stuff such a Janet comment (laughs) so I don't know but I still you know I think it's like good to take care of your skin but Jenny, your skin is amazing. And I'm really, it's funny because I'm literally staring, staring at your eye area. You're talking about I have eye a crow's feet. That. Do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel like your eye cream has helped that? Yeah. That's okay. I don't, I, I still have crow's feet, but I do feel like when I wake up in the morning and look in the mirror, um, but this was in the context when over the holidays I had like wine with my girlfriend and usually when we wake up in the morning, you look like you drank mm-hmm. and I, I looked like fresh and oh. I was like, oh, I think this is because of the wrinkle <laughs> or the eye cream. Versus a not drinking wine at yeah. night. <laughs> but well, yeah, I don't know. It's only been a couple months, so I'll, I'll see. But I do, overall, like, the quality of my skin feels more moisturized because I have mm-hmm. a problem with drier skin, mm-hmm. which is why I started, like, looking into more. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's helping with the wrinkles, but hydration is helping. I heard, like, drink, you have to drink a lot of water, too, just for your skin to be hydrated yes. and very yeah. clear. Oh, that was another topic Helen and I brought up, right? Skincare isn't just about topical. It's, it's what also eat. what you drink, eat, what you right? Ingest, and, yes. But there's one thing I do want to bring up. Um, all these things like cleanser and like toner, they are pretty pricey depending on they are, yeah. what the quality of the, of the product you want. And also depends on your skin type. Like, mm-hmm. to be honest, for me, I, I stick with just the basic moisturizer because I think my skin, I, I don't have that many wrinkles because I'm yeah, still... No, you know, yeah. You look very yeah. youthful. Yeah. It's genetics. Like, my yeah. grandma oh, has sure. really good skin yeah. and yeah. I could use a bar soap and be fine. How about you try that? <laughs> 
That is a good point, though, Mel, about how expensive it can be. And I think for some of our younger listeners, and this is because I I definitely, in exploring, I'm still price conscious. Like, I'm not ready to drop, like, hundreds of dollars a month for facial care stuff. So the toner that I mentioned, Thayer's, is, like, eight bucks on Amazon. That's pretty good. Um, I think the the cleansing uh, water, like, Garnier or L'Oreal is also, like, 10, 11 bucks. And it doubles as makeup and, like, Mm -hmm. face wash. And then Oil of Olay, I feel like, is a pretty affordable moisturizer that... I've used for a while and I think it works pretty well. But I don't know. I think it's, you know, everyone has different skin, so it's going to depend on on your skin. I feel like we spend so much money, though, to try to figure out or find which ones actually work for us. It's like, I just wish I knew. But it's good to explore maybe when you're younger. So then, you know, as you age, you'll know kind of how your skin responds to what types of products or if you're more oily or more dry. Yeah, definitely start. I wish I started earlier so it's more preventative than now, like, reactive. Alright, so let's talk about hair. We actually got a, a request asking us to talk about hairstyles and yeah. hair trends for women. So currently, since we are on a podcast and you can't see us, um, <laughs> I have dyed hair. Mel also has dyed hair and it's a balayage. Yes. Um, oh yeah, you guys brownish, both have a balayage. Yeah. Goldenish. Well, yours is more ashy because I think your, your color is more fresh. Because mm. I, I haven't actually got my hair colored in like six months because I'm saving up to get my hair colored again because it's freaking expensive. Yeah, it's an investment. Mm-hmm. It is. And then Janet over here has beautiful, sleek, black, non-damaged. <laughs> my short, virgin short hair. Short, virgin hair, yes. <laughs> that's, not, that's not dyed at all, Janet? Uh, no, no. I've dyed my hair one time in college and it was like a small strip underneath that I bleached and then dyed purple. That was such the trend, actually. You just hit one chunk yeah, of hair. Yeah, one chunk and then... of hair, a, a color. But that's the only time. You know, honestly, I've thought about it quite a bit um, in the last in the last year, especially. But I'm just, I'm kind of afraid of the upkeep. Because like the investment and the time, and I feel like I'm not sure what I would look like with like different colors. So I don't know. So when did when did you guys dye your hair? So did you say in high school you dyed your Uh, college in college? Oh, okay. Because my sister actually she would she would get she would dye her own hair a lot. So then I just Mm -hmm. like one night we kind of did it with her basically. But I've never gotten it professionally dyed. I'm trying to remember for me if it was if my first time was professionally done or like from from a box, but I think I actually got it done for the first time in Taiwan. Oh, okay. It's like a like so I went to the salon. They just colored my hair like this reddish brown, and I kept it that way. But I maintained it with a box when I was back in the states. But why did you oh, want to do it? What drove you to do it? Maybe it's just because my peers were starting to dye their hair. Actually, it was in middle school. Yeah. So oh, it just started yeah. then, and then also in Taiwan, all the girls, all the hair is dyed. All the pop stars, everyone on, on the streets, like everyone, no one has black hair. Mm. actually sorry now as i talk about it i'm remembering my uncle who works in fashion was like look mel look look around you no one has black hair it's it'd be fun for you to try something new so he's the one that actually recommended for me to try different colored hair so i went in he was the reason why i tried it i think i started dyeing my hair in high school out of a box it was like oh see your first time was like doing it by yourself Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was i think me and my sister and we just dyed each other's hair and I don't think my mom knew because she wouldn't have let us do it. So it was probably when she was at work. <laughs> oh, really? But didn't yeah. she see the color when she came yeah, back? Yeah, and then she got really mad at us. But what can you do? <laughs> do you remember what color you chose for the first time? Brown. But it was like when you're younger, you can't really maintain it as much. So it turns into that like dry, like hay-like orange hair. Yeah, but it's just <laughs> disgusting. Um, so I had, I rocked that for a little bit. <laughs> Did you have to, um, what do you call that? When you strip the hair of the color, bleach bleach it first. I think you always do. 
when you're turning black to yeah because it's going to a lighter color color. but the thing is when you're younger and you just do it from the box you just use a box color that's true like you don't like so then your hair like it took in the brown it doesn't come through as much but you like keep trying to buy more boxes and then you just feel Mm. terrible about yourself because you don't have money when you're younger yeah what am i doing i was like i always get the coupons <laughs> but you know one thing I remembered as a child when we used to get the box coloring, you'd buy like a much lighter color because you knew your hair was darker. So I bought like mm. a like a more like a blonde color yeah. to try to get the to try to get the brown color. But it was always scary because oh, like, what if that color actually shows up? Yeah, like, like we oh, didn't shit. know. We're not yeah. hairstylists, right? But I think as as I got older, I, I learned a little bit more about the hair coloring process because yeah. like I recently, I think like just a year ago, I decided to dye my hair again. I went virgin hair for about two to three years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, I'm really tired of this dark hair color because I, so my hair naturally is really thick mm-hmm. and my hair is really dark. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I really, I looked at the mirror and I was like, holy shit, I'm fucking wearing a Halloween wig. <laughs> like, I was like, this looks horrible and my skin's so fair. I was like, I'm like a fucking witch. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I really want to try balayage. Uh-huh. And I think I actually, I, I asked Helen for a salon. So she actually recommended the salon. And I found the stylist. And so as she was giving me the balayage, she was telling me the process of it and how, Nowadays, like the box products are actually really bad because if you think about it, do you you, ha- you do have to bleach your hair to get that color? So yeah. that's one process. After you bleach, they have to go back in with like the color or the toner. Mm-hmm. So imagine a box doing all those things for your hair. Mm-hmm. So how much like chemicals and all these things are in that box? Mm-hmm. So after hearing that, I was like, oh shit! I think I gotta stick with going to the salon. Like, so I don't want to yeah. like fuck up my hair. Right. But it's like Janice said, it's enough keep. Like, it's expensive and like. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to go back and like do it a couple of times in order to get, to the, get the, color. the color that you want. And because each time you pay like 400 bucks. Yeah. So if you want to go lighter, it's much more expensive. And usually your hairstylist will tell you like this. So they bleach your hair, but they'll check in on the hair, like your strand of hair to see how, how far you could go without it breaking. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the bleach will damage your hair. Right, right, so right. you have to, have to check it. And if it's, if it's already done, you have to go back in for another session. Have you guys ever cried from a hair dyeing session? I think you did. You were <laughs> no, actually, Helen did get pissed at a recent hair session because I went in and I wanted like a very light color, uh-huh. almost like a brownish, silver-ish, like ashy color. Mm-hmm. And I went in with like a brown, kind of light still, and I came out with like black hair and purple on top. And I was like, "Whoa, that's what so. The- that's not at all what you. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. anyone would have been like a uh, refund. Yeah, or like more like." That was six hours of my time. Yeah. And I paid over $400 for That's another this thing. Six hours. Like, it takes so long. It takes long. a long time. And I was like, this is not what I wanted. I paid for this and I paid tip. And I was like, and it's annoyed. And you changed change It did. Okay, so the thing good. is, it did change over time. What she was saying was actually correct that she didn't want to damage my hair by mm-hmm. having the color come out faster and that over time, mm-hmm. the purple would turn into a blondish color. Yeah. I noticed my sister did. had that too. She also did balayage. And when she first got it done, over the course of like the next couple of months, it like went into what it should look like. Yeah. So, yeah. But the initial shock of it is just like, oh my god, this yeah, is not totally. what I wanted. Right. And it's hard when they don't communicate that to you as they're doing the process. Mm, yeah. And it's I think I had so many moments when I had a hair dye or a haircut, and I didn't know how to bring it up to the stylist mm-hmm. because it's like their personal work, and right. then you feel like anything also feel like they're they're the specialist and you're not. Right. And it's like, how do you bring this up without being like a bitch? Yeah. Yeah. No, or ungrateful. Yeah. Or, you know, what like. Is- what is your style when you go and get your hair done? Are you one of those people that comes in with like exact photos and you're like, I want it this cut, this color, or are you more like, I want you to do whatever you think looks oh, good? Oh, 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 no. No, no, no. I have, a Pinterest, <laughs> I have a Pinterest board and I ask for a price breakdown and everything. Oh, you ask for a price breakdown? That's I was good. like, how much is going to, because I don't want to be like, oh, That's shit. True. 
That's you know? true. Yeah. Well, also because like I think for me, like hair is something I I kind of reward myself with. That means putting money aside mm, to make sure I can right, afford right. that. So I need to ask how much it's going to cost. Mm, yeah. Another thing to think about when you get your hair colored is the products they recommend for you to use after. Like for women, for Asian hair, you must get blue shampoo depending on like, the color because Lust. like Helen said when she was in high school, when you dye your hair and you have the red brassy color comes out, yeah. the blue shampoo takes out the red brassy pigments mm-hmm. versus like. If you have blonde hair, it's a different color pigment. So blue shampoo works the best for Asian hair. And then my my hairstylist recommended me using a purple conditioner or a purple hair mask mm. to condition because your hair is so dried out. Mm. So like all these things like cost extra money versus your usual like Dove shampoo or Pantene. Mm-hmm. So like another thing to consider when you're dyeing your hair. Right. Janet's like, yep, I'm not going to spend any money on that. I like my short natural like, hair. That sounds very emotional and dramatic and expensive. <laughs> well, so dyeing aside, what about hair cutting? Do you guys tend to kind of stay with a style? Have you explored different styles? Um, and I think this is a, a big topic for, I think, for some women where guys tend to enjoy longer hair. And if a girl likes shorter hair, like there's kind of gender oh, you're right, things, you're right. you know, kind of layered that in there. That sounds like something that you faced, Janet, with yeah. shorter yeah. hair. <laughs> Tell us. Because <laughs> um, you are honestly, Janet has short hair. and Yeah. That's... But it looks great. So, it looks good on her. Yeah. So here's the I I've learned over the years that I like short hair on myself, mm-hmm. and women generally tell me they like short hair on me. But guys me will almost always say, uh, well, they won't say you look better with long hair, but it'll be in nuanced ways, like, oh, you're growing your hair out, Wait, like what? in a good way, you know, or like soon your hair will be long again. Like, Wait, are, are, being are short. these guys <laughs> that you meet for the first time on dates, or like guys that you've known? No, for a long I mean either time? guys that I dated, or just like guy friends. Okay. So it's not even. It's just more. Um, and there's nothing. I understand. I think for men that they, you know, generally like the the longer hair. But I think also for women, then it means culturally, it just it's easier to feel feminine when you have longer hair. Mm-hmm. And I have faced situations where like if I got a shorter haircut that was a little bit too short, or like the style is a little bit like very non-feminine I do it, it is challenging to like feel hot to, yeah and and you learn that like you, I start to like compensate with more makeup and mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that but mm-hmm. but I, I mean I still at the end of the day like I like short hair more but I think I don't know for for the other girls out there who do have short hair who are thinking about going short uh, I think it's always a good experience to like try to do that and I've pushed myself where I've gotten like really short hair because I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could feel like to still feel feminine and to still be able to like you know, with that, because the hair grows back, you know, like it Jenna's takes like a badass. Badass. I know, like she's like an AVG. Like, I. I give you like bad props though, because like I, the only thing I would spend money on really like is hair. Growing up, my mom would take me to hair hair salons, and she'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's great, he's cheap." And then I would come out at the salon crying all the time. Aww. And there's one time when I walked out, he cut my hair like a mom, like a mom cut. Like I the, know the short. Cut. I used to do this on my mom too. Right? Like, it was like literally like, like curves into your neck. Exactly. <laughs> and I was a fourth grader at this time. Aww. So and then so I was like. I remember going to the, going to class the next day wearing my hood and I was crying. Aww. I was so like, ashamed. So ever since that experience, I'm like, fuck it. I need to find a good hairstylist. I don't care how much I'll pay because mm. I want. I think it helps me feel more confident in my in my like looks. Yeah, to be honest, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I do I, think it's a huge part of like women's identity, self identity. Right. Do you ever wonder because there are nowadays a lot of Asian women and also men mm-hmm. who do dye their hair. Do you feel like it's there's like some sort of a like a political stance almost behind it where it's us trying to be more assimilated into like a white like Eurocentric culture? culture. 
I feel like that can, it can be a very gray line. I, I mostly err, or I think that most people kind of like Mel is mentioning, you're not necessarily thinking about the social or political statement you're making. You're kind of like, you're in Taiwan, you see a trend. It's more like fashion based, I mm -hmm. feel like. At least some of some of my friends, um, in, like in high school, Asian girls that would dye their hair or like highlights and they would wear mm -hmm. colored contacts. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was less about trying to look like a white person and more like because they saw their friends were doing it the way that you might like bell bottoms were popular kind yeah, of thing right. you know yeah. what I mean but I think it I mean it can it is a really interesting uh I wonder if there are like any listeners that we have that where you've you've maybe dyed your hair or changed your look in some way in order to like feel like it's more of like fitting in so do you feel like it's almost when we dye our hair or when you know Asian girls wear colored contacts which is a huge thing now yeah. actually like circle lenses mm -hmm. and darker eyes or mm -hmm. brighter eyes yeah do you feel like that's appropriating white looks right because even i know like jeremy lynn when he had his braids and dreadlocks right there was another guy he criticized jeremy lynn of wanting to look black right right, mm -hmm. right? and, and so, i really liked jeremy's response yeah. Yeah. yeah so he said you know at the end of the day i appreciate that i have dreads and you have chinese tattoos because i think it's a sign of respect and i yeah. think as minorities the more we appreciate other cultures the more we influence mainstream society yeah. And I think that's like, that is a great way to look at it. I mm -hmm. think as long as no one is outwardly being insulted, because usually if you're doing it, you're not trying to insult the other culture, right? It's usually it's like you like that mm -hmm. look or you mm -hmm. like that style. So in some ways, it's like you sporting it yourself is an homage, I guess. It's all, <laughs> I, I guess at the end of the day, it's all about intention. Like what is your intention yeah, of doing, yeah. doing something like that? Have you guys ever had someone come up to you because of your hair color or like if you were in color context or something and say like, I'm offended? No. Never. Yeah, not for me either. That is intense. You bring up a good point. I'm trying to think about like why we would actually dye our hair. You know what it is? I think it is like maybe like very subtle cues from when we were younger. Like when we were younger, we played with Barbie dolls that were blonde, blonde hair, hair. Yeah. And, like or just white and maybe brown hair. Mm -hmm. But like, we never had dolls. Like nowadays, there are a lot of more ethnically yeah. diverse Barbie dolls for mm -hmm. kids to play with versus we didn't have that. So maybe it was something that was ingrained in us and then people started dyeing their hair and we saw other Asian girls dye their hair and we're mm -hmm. like, oh, that looks good. And so then we start doing it and then it gets picked up and accelerated. Yeah, because why blonde versus like other colors? Right. Right. I don't know. Well, I guess there was that whole like trend of like purple for a while. Yeah. Like the unicorn. The silver, the silver hair was silver popular. Because mm -hmm. for me, when I think about dyeing hair, it came from the Japanese culture because like Japanese people like they're known for their like crazy hairstyles and being on right, trend right. so for me when I was younger that's what I looked at not I never looked at American like white um like hairstyles hairstyles are just like there are ideas of beauty and hair and I use that to, for my style I always looked at Asian hair looked at right, Asian right. hairstyles to like and I bring pictures of Asian hairstyles to my stylist that yeah it depends on if you're around a lot of other Asian American women doing this and it's like you're more emulating them than you are emulating someone of a different culture i feel like almost at the end of the day like we're in america we're becoming this huge just like melting pot yeah that we're just gonna share all these different you know i like how you do your hair and i'm gonna yeah. have my hair the same way because just physically i think that's attractive right. or, mm -hmm. you know without it being appropriating a person's culture but there's a there's a there's a line there a pretty fine line yeah. of like no i think and when it's it good is, to be aware and to think about because i think most people don't think about that because we're right. so far removed from mm -hmm. kind of the history of it I think as you get older, you learn how to deal with like expectations with your hair and your skin. 
And it's like, because when you're younger, you just get really dramatic. Holy shit, my hair is so ugly. But now it's like learning, doing your research of what products to buy for your skin, right. what hairstyles to go to, and bringing the right resources like like Pinterest boards for your hairstyles to use. So I think as you get older, you learn how to navigate this hairstyle and beauty world much better than you were when you were 19, right? Or exactly. 16. I feel like it's a lot easier now, too, with like YouTube videos and social media and just the web. Oh, yeah. Where you can search for, for things. Totally. But if it does still happen that you get a bad haircut, it's going to grow out. It's yeah. going to grow or back. Or a bad dye job, it'll grow out too. And plus, there's so many cute hats nowadays that you could start a new trend. That's true. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, our beauty decisions and what we use and what we do, it's very unique to ourselves. Mel has a one, two-step <laughs> skincare product. We have a little bit more. There should be like an 11 to 12-step process. Who knows? You know, you kind of just along this journey of figuring out what works for your skin, your hairstyle, it is a difficult journey and it could be a very traumatic one sometimes, Mm -hmm. but you know, we all go through it. So part of this episode is for us to share our experiences with uh, our listeners. You're not the only one going through this stuff. (laughs) Definitely. And also if you do have any stories or any products you would recommend to us or to the rest of the ABG community, please shoot them our way. You can write us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. Visit our website, asianbossgirl.com. Also find us on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've enjoyed this episode and subscribe so we'll just pop up in your feed. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye!